<laughs> there we go. <laughs> That's probably a little better without the funky feedback. Sorry about that. Hey, everyone. Look at that. Wednesday night. Cheers. Glad you're all here. 7 p.m. Mountain Time on a Wednesday. Yep. Prime time for Fish Geek Out. Let's do it. <laughs> hey. Welcome, everybody. Okay, let's go down the list. Real thing for you first. Welcome. Glad you could make it. Hope those angels are doing well for you. Um, I shipped a pair to Jadron Aquatics in his spawn last night. So hope yours are doing that too or getting close. Um, Dank. Hey, Dank. Welcome. Candy Echo. Yeah, sorry about that. Um, the problem is I was watching Jeff Rose stream before this. And I forgot to press mute before I went live. And so, yep. Daryl, welcome. Welcome, welcome. Of Deloriac. Yeah, is that even close? Of Deloriac. Peterson, welcome. Glad you're here. Bob Kaler. Always good to see you, Bob. And Thomas. Hey, Thomas, I'm glad you could make it. We've missed you, buddy. Glad you're back. John Bedker, glad you're here. Select pet. Right back at you. Keith Bordley, hello. Keith, I don't know if I've met you before. If this is your first time, welcome. If uh, you've been here a ton and I've somehow forgot because I do that from time to time, then my deepest sympathies. And <laughs> but uh, welcome, welcome, welcome. Rich Rex, hey, hey, hey. Mad Fish Diva, love the handle, love it, love it. Sergeant Tanks, hey, how's it going? Glad you're here. Um, Thomas Perkins says he's had a rough cough, but he's has a rough cough for weeks, but glad to be here, I think is what you're saying. All right. So real thing for you and candy overholes are um, demonstrating something we need to implement here. If this is your first time, if you have a comment or a question for me, your friendly fishmonger, Dan, um, then please put at Dan's fish. If you put at and start typing Dan's fish, it should populate. You can select it. And what that does is it highlights your question or your comment for me so I can jump right to it. Uh, the, the chat gets going pretty lively in here. Um, and especially if I don't know if he's here, I don't know if Mile High is here, but if Mile High and Dank get in the stream together, it goes nuts. But um, but anyway, that way I can get right to your comment or your question. If I'm skipping your question or your comment, it's probably because it didn't highlight, so I just didn't see it. Um, in which case, ask again, and hopefully I will if you make it at Dance Fish. Um, if folks can keep an eye out for anyone I'm accidentally missing uh, and shout that out to me so I see them, that would be appreciated as well. But all right, let's get going here. We've got a few um, at Dan's Fish comments and questions that I'll jump right to. By the way, for those that are new, we can talk about anything fish-related, aquarium, hobby-related. My specialties are breeding fish, building fish rooms. I've built several, and um, shipping fish. Those are all the things I do. I also have a website called getgills.com where you or anyone can list fish for sale, and anyone can go and buy fish if they want to. So that's kind of me in a nutshell, I guess. Um, real thing for you, if my female doesn't spawn, she's going to pop. Oh yeah, I know what you mean. I know what you mean, she's full of eggs, huh? Yeah, angelfish shouldn't look round. <laughs> Hope she does. Um, one trick that might work for you is if I move them to a new tank, they almost always spawn immediately if they're like in condition. 
if their tubes are down and the female's full of eggs and all that, or a large water change. Sometimes those things uh, is all you need to do to get them to go. Candy Overhaul says, did you ever hear back from Lumpy Dog? So no, and I have a question. I'm, I'm worried folks, uh, sincerely worried, just because I haven't seen Lumpy Dog for a while. For those that don't know, Lumpy Dog is a moderator on this channel. Um, the only moderator I had for a long, long time. He didn't show up last week and I've tried to get a hold of him a few times and haven't heard anything back. So I'm actually truly and legitimately, I think, worried about him. I hope he's okay. If anyone here knows anything about him and could let me know either in chat or if it's private, um, you know, send me a message or something. He's just a, a friend. And I think, you know, I, I just like to know if he's okay or what's going on. So has anyone seen Lumpy Dog since last Wednesday in any chats or anything like that? You know, hopefully it's nothing, um, but but it's not like him to miss the live stream. So I'm totally worried about him. So any news would be just appreciated. Anything I could do to help out, I'll, I'll do. You know, I'm, it's, it's a weird situation because we're internet friends. Like I don't live in the same town. I can't go, you know, knock on his door and see what's going on or whatever. But, but yeah, I am worried. Um, Thomas, how old do limias need to be to breed? Not very old. Uh, and it's more a feature of size and maturity than age. So it really depends on how much food they're getting and how much you're changing the water to get them to grow as quickly as possible. I honestly don't know because I just community spawn mine. So I've got full grown adults. I have newly maturing young juveniles and fresh born babies all together. I'd have to take out the fresh born babies and time it to give you a good answer, but they're on par with like platies and, and similar sort. Uh, yeah. Platies, I would say if you really powered them, you could probably get them to at least sexable size in, I don't know, I want to say six weeks or so, but that'd be really, really powering them. So I want to say a couple months is probably about normal. That's my guess, Thomas, without ever having timed it. Thomas Perkins, uh, Limia Nigrofoskia. Yeah, I knew which one you meant. I knew. I got gotcha. you. 54 Punchy. It is snowing up there. Yep. It's snowing in my house. It snowed a couple weeks ago too. So this is what happens in Wyoming. You do not move here for stable weather. You move here to be excited by the weather. It's always exciting because it could kill you at any time. <laughs> the weather in Wyoming's a little crazy. Um, but that's what keeps it open and free of people. There's like only half a million people in the entire state. So me and 54 punchy, we've got a big backyard, right? Right. <laughs> Jeff Chambers. Hey, I asked Jeffro too, but what number of tanks should I look into linear piston pump? Oh yeah. Um, so Jeff, I'm going to answer that a little more generally. The best advice I have is call Gemco. Talk to John at Gemco or anyone at Gemco. And um, if you tell him what size tanks you have, how many you have, um, he can calculate the most efficient pump for you, whether that be linear piston pump or one of the larger diaphragm pumps. It just depends. So I can't pull that number out of my head. I don't remember. Um, it's been a long time since I've had a fish room that was small enough that I didn't want to have a linear piston pump. 
But as far as a centralized pump goes, um, they make an outstanding, let me see if I can just show this to you. Um, I'm gonna go to Gemco, bear with me for just one moment and show you some smaller pumps they have. So even if you're not ready for a linear piston pump, it might be okay to get a, hang on, looking for it, um, like a larger diaphragm pump. I've run a room that had ooh, about 20, 25 aquariums in it with two diaphragm pumps from Gemco. So it just really, really depends on what you're looking for. Okay, man, I hate their website. I love Gemco, but their website sucks. It is so hard to find anything on here. Man, okay, here they are. So let me share this with you and I'll show you what I'm talking about. So this bad boy right here, um, I ran, oh, probably 10 to 12 aquariums on this pump. It's a diaphragm pump, but it's really quiet. It wasn't too expensive. Um, let me see, 76 to 94 bucks. So for well under a hundred bucks, you can get a pump that, that will work for you. Um, and I think I probably had this bigger one, 12 to 20 outlets, yeah. Worked great for me, didn't break the bank, and was a good intermediate step between having, um, having a different pump for every tank or two versus kind of going centralized. So that's what I would recommend. Hope that helps, but Gemco will hook you up. They know their stuff. They just need a new website. <laughs> so bad, so bad. Um, so sorry, Jeff, I don't have an exact answer for you, but I hope that points you in the right direction. All right, Candy, thank you so much for linking the new um, Get Gills Facebook group. So if you like Get Gills, then, and you want to know what's going on, then here is our Facebook group. And things happen here that you won't get anywhere else, which is, uh, for example, I do a weekly update where I go through and talk about the progress we've made at the getgills.com website, what we've changed, what updates we've made, what's going on uh, in detail every week. And I'll do a little bit of that here in just a moment, just to keep people up to date a little bit, but you really get an in-depth rundown. Um, there's also some fun things we do. There's a day a week where funny memes are posted. There's a day a week where some informational educational thing is posted. One day a week, I feature a seller from getgills.com so you can kind of see their stuff just to give them a little spotlight. So there's all kinds of stuff going on there. So um, the more people we have, the merrier. And it is a positive group. So if, if that's something that might interest you, then you're invited to join that group. Um, no obligation, of course. Some of us are like, oh my gosh, I'm already a member of 300 Facebook groups. Like the idea of being in another one, no. And I totally understand. But if you are interested, I just want you to know that it's there. And I, the tone of that group is positive. Just like, I think this is the best thing about the Fish Fam. It's, it's a great place to be. Um, I belong to other groups as well and other organizations and things. And man, just the tone in the people slamming you when you're not even asking for their help and all kinds of stuff. I was on a Pleco group, oh, just two weeks ago, 
And this young lady um, from her profile picture, I imagine she's in her late teens, early 20s, okay? She posted a video of cherry shrimp cleaning her pleco eggs. And she didn't ask for feedback or anything. She just was like, I think this is a cool video I'll share. So she's like, here's my little nurses taking care of the eggs, like smiley face. Like, like isn't this kind of cool looking? Isn't this cute? And man, when she woke up the next morning, there was this whole list of people just slamming her for doing it wrong. And I got in there and I basically said, hey, let's just let her do this experiment and see if this works and we'll all learn something. Another stream of just doing it wrong and just people just jumped all over her. I've never had that experience in the fish fam. So I want to thank you all for being a good community where people can uh, talk and, and share what they're doing without without worrying about just getting completely slammed with negativity. I can't think of a way to shut down the hobby quicker than making people not enjoy it, right? So anyway, that kind of tone is at the Get Gills Facebook uh, group as well. You're not going to get slammed there. And if you do, then that'll be taken care of in short order. So that's a little bit about that. Real thing for you, I've done both. Oh, with the angels. Uh, last thing to try real thing is I read my angels in the seventies, but if you haven't tried it yet, if your temperature is currently, I don't know, say 75 or to 78, maybe consider bumping the temperature up four degrees or so. Um, I wouldn't go much past 84 degrees, but, and if the system's used to 75 degrees, I certainly wouldn't jump it right up to 84 degrees. That'll wreak havoc on the system. But if it's at 75, bump it up to about 79 or so and, you know, just give them a little bump and see if that helps. If that doesn't help, then I'm kind of out of ideas. So can anyone here think of a trick for real thing for you to get a pair of angelfish to spawn? Um, they've spawned before. And so we know they're a mated pair with viable that produce viable eggs. She's way conditioned, like she's fat and ready to go. Uh, are their tubes down real thing? I, I think their tubes are probably down and, uh, but there's just not triggering. So any ideas? Let's help him out if we can. All right. I'm going to scroll down, look for more questions and comments at Dan's fish. Um, before I do that quick, quick update on the getgills.com site, this will be super, super quick. So we did add the, um, aquatic amphibian category that, we kind of talked about last live stream. The issue is, so it's there and it's live, but I don't have a picture for the thumbnail. So it looks kind of ghetto. So if anyone out there has a picture of an aquatic amphibian, um, an axolotl or I don't know, a newt or some kind of aquatic frog or something, and they wouldn't mind sharing that with me so I can have a thumbnail for that category, that would be most appreciated. And you can email that to me, dan at dansfish.com or dan at getgills.com, or you can find me on Facebook. So um, I did take that suggestion from last week. I just haven't been able to make it pretty because I don't have a picture. Then the, the quick update, most of what we've done since we talked to you last is just work on the site functionality, made it a lot faster, a lot smoother. If you haven't been on it in a day or so, um, check it out. It should load 10 times as fast and um, the functionality should be a lot smoother. It wasn't super bad before, but it took a little while to load. Basically, what happened is we just have so many people using it um, in the last. I mean, we've 
gone from zero items to over 200 items for sale on there in the last just couple of weeks, lots of users. And so, um, yeah, so we've made it so it's super lightning fast and we won't have any of those slowdown issues anymore, we don't think. So that's the update for Get Gills. I'm gonna scroll down and look for comments and questions that are at Dance Fish so I can find them. Candy, all right, great. So Candy has my email there, dan at dancefish.com if you have that picture. I'm also looking for a koi picture still. <laughs> if anyone has a picture of a koi I could use for the koi category, that would be fantastic. Um, Redneck Aquatics, can somebody please put the link for Get Gills on Facebook? I can't seem to find it. I'm not a the computer smart. I'm actually computer stupid. All right, Candy just did that for you, Redneck Aquatics. So there you go. Um, all right. Oh, yeah. Punchy, 54 Punchy says, I try to avoid politics as much as I can on Facebook. Sometimes I can't help myself. Yeah, I mean, it can be, I mean, let's be real, it can be toxic, right? Um Social media is great because it's the only way I can communicate and get a hold of a lot of you. You know, I have a lot of social media conversations with you, but you do have to protect yourself. Otherwise, you can find yourself just, uh, yeah, life like seems to suck. And it's like, why is life sucking? It's like, oh, because I've been looking at Facebook all day. <laughs> Not to slam Facebook. It has a lot of uses. But I agree with you, uh, 54 Punchy. It's yeah. Yeah. Blackwater. Is it easy to breed checkerboard cichlids? Um, okay, so yes and no. Caveat here, I've never bred them personally, but I know folks who have. And basically, that is a fish that, you know, most fish I would say you can breed them in hard tap water, it's no problem. If you live in Los Angeles, you've got hard tap water, you'll be fine with them. Or if uh, you live in, I don't know, Salt Lake City, you have super hard water. Most fish can breed in that. This is a species where I think it probably behooves you to, you know, try it in your tap water. And then if you just can't get it to work, probably get some low conductivity water going. Um, cut it with some RO and stuff. So if you can get them and get them healthy and eating aquarium food and all that, then I think they're actually simple to spawn if you can provide soft water when it's needed. That's been the key for most of the people I know that have bred them and got viable eggs and offspring. So I don't think they're a difficult fish. I just think that they can um, require soft water sometimes. And I say sometimes because there's a lot of fish that I'm constantly told can only breed in soft water and I've bred them in really hard water and never had a problem. So. Um, and I say if you can get them healthy and get them eating and stuff because they come from such acidic environments that they're not used to the bacteria and the ammonia in our aquariums. So really well-aged aquarium. And if they aren't going for you, try lowering the conductivity of the water, softening the water. But with a name like Black Water, I assume you're able to do that. <laughs> I don't know. Um, hopefully that helps. Has anyone here bred checkerboards? If so, what's been your experience? Uh, what did you find got them to trigger or made it so the eggs were viable? Let's help Blackwater out. Select Pet, congrats on Get Gills, Dance Fish. Well, thanks. It's been quite a ride. <laughs> and it's not slowing down. Like, last week I was pretty tired, honestly, because um, we'd launched and 
it had been just scrambling to keep up with all the questions and comments and feedback and everything, which is great. Keep it coming. Like, please. It hasn't slowed down. I don't think it's going to. It's, it's kind of curving up, which is exactly what we want, honestly, for the site to be successful. Um, it's just, it would be so nice if, you know, if we had, if we were a startup in San Francisco and had a couple million bucks and eight full-time software engineers and, you know, could just crank it out like that. But that's not what we're doing. It's me and my brother, a couple hobbyists, and we're just doing this thing um, whenever we can find the time to do it. It's a priority. I mean, we, we find the time, we make the time, but it's been quite a ride, but I love it. Like I love waking up in the morning knowing that I get to work on this. It's, it's just fantastic. I have to say it's very motivating. Philly man, Pete at Blackwater. I am working with, okay. One of the checkerboard boards right now, <laughs> dichrosis filamentosus right now. I managed to get a pair out of six juvies. I bought six months ago. Very cool fish, but I've not cracked the spawning code yet. Well, that's great. Philly man, Pete. Cool. Um, all right. Abu, I bred checkerboard in Houston water. Okay, super hard water. But I had ADA aquasoil, which brought our 7.5 local pH to 6.5 from the aquasoil. Okay, good tip. So, um, so Abu, you didn't have to worry about RO or anything then. You just used ADA to soften. That's, that makes sense. Makes total sense. Redneck Aquatics, my water here in South Texas. Oh, yeah, yeah, you're... Uh, you're experiencing the same kind of water as a boo, I bet. Um, it's so hard when you take a shower, you get out with bruises. <laughs> so for those that don't know, I've, I've experienced both. Right now, my water is super soft and I love it because I never have like the bathtub ring on my bathtub or my sink or my or toilet ring on my toilet. Like there's no calcium carbonate in the water. We just don't have that. And so having an automated system like that, it's kind of beautiful because the systems don't clog up. Um, I've had, I've worked at places with automated systems before um, and they had really hard water and like those automatic, you know, water feeds and all that, they just clog up. Sometimes it seems like daily they would clog up with all the calcium buildup. So, so that's the good part about the soft water. The bad part is um, getting live bearers and things like that through the transition to soft water. It's rough on them um, if they're farmed, like, I don't know, in Asia or Israel and those places, and most of them are. Um, Florida even has super hard water, but the farmed guppies and stuff like that, getting them to uh, adapt to the soft water. It can be done. I do it all the time, but it takes some tender love and care. So that's the downside. But um, yeah, I've bred a lot of soft water fish that could not be bred in hard water in hard water without any problem. So, but yep. Thomas, depends on the quarries. I managed to get babies out of pandas at 8.4 in the same mineral content as milk. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, but that's true. I mean, I know some quarries, uh, people are having a hard time if the water's not soft. Um, so yeah, I mean, there are fish that soft water can be a trigger, but there's also fish that they'll do just fine spawning in the, in the hard water. 
All right, so I'm going to scroll up and look for some more questions and comments because I think I hit them all. If you have something you want me to get to, make it at Dan's Fish. I'll do my best to uh, answer your question, and uh, I can answer most things usually, kind of. And I will, um, you know, riff off your comment if you have a comment as well. So here we go, looking for stuff that I might have missed. Um, let's see here. dead air. <laughs> oh, 54 Punchy has snow too. Yeah. Does anyone else in the nation have snow or is this like unique to Wyoming? I imagine the trip over the summit to Cheyenne sucks. Yeah. I wouldn't be driving right now. That's for sure. Uh, in fact, this is something I learned. I moved to um, Wyoming in 2011. I had been born and raised in California. And when I moved here, I learned there's days you just decide you're not going out. You're just not going out today. You're, you're not driving. You might not even be walking out the front door to get the mail today. <laughs> like <laughs> the weather here is no joke. All right. Um, Madfish Diva, I see your question. I'll get right to you in a minute. Um, actually, I'll get right to you right now since you made it at Dan's Fish. Um, all right. Dealing with eggbound mountain minnows. Oh, well, that's no good. By mountain minnows, are you talking about white clouds? Um, the reason I'm asking is there's there's a lot of um, like mountain dace and mountain shiners and things like that. So I'm going to assume, hello, Tampa Tom, I hope you're doing well. I'm going to assume that you're talking about uh, white cloud mountain minnows. Um, and so my first question is, do you know she's egg bound versus having an illness. And one of the ways you can know that is if you look at her from the top, she'll be symmetrical. If, if she's ill, she won't be symmetrical for sure. She can be ill and be symmetrical, but if she's asymmetrical, if one side is bulging out more than the other, then she's for, for sure ill. If there's pine coning, so if you see her scales kind of sticking out, so she looks rough, like a pine cone, um, on one side or both sides, then it's an illness. So if we narrowed it down just to being egg bound, there are a few things you can try. Um, and I think the one to go to, and it's been forever since I've had to do it, might be Epsom salt um, that can help relax the muscles and help her pass the eggs, if indeed that's what's going on. I don't know the dosage. Uh, there's a lot of posts online about it, or maybe someone here, if you could if you could chime in, anyone here that's used Epsom salt uh, recently to help a fish pass eggs or pass, um, that was bloated, uh, pass their feces or anything like that. If you could let us know what dosage worked well for you. Madfish Diva, um, the other thing you might want to try is feeding a high fiber diet. Frozen brine shrimp are great for this. They basically act like fiber in the intestinal tract and help clear out anything that's clogged in there if she's uh if it's due to dietary bloat but if it truly is egg bound then epsom salt's my best advice does anyone else here have something better um anyone else have any other ideas and i'm gonna put a caveat on this madfish diva by telling you that i've i haven't been hugely successful clearing egg bound fish so um, 
it, it has worked before, but it, it hasn't always worked for me. So maybe someone here has a better solution. And I hope we can help you out. I hope we can find a solution for you. Mile high. Hey, welcome, Mile high. Glad you're here. We have our first snowstorm today. Yep. Cool. Cool. Well, you're a few weeks behind us. We had our first snow, I don't want to say a week, maybe two weeks ago. But um, but yeah, <laughs> fall is winter. Hello again, Tampa Tom. Let's see if we were able to help out Madfish Diva. Yes, so she's talking about mountain uh, white cloud mountain minnows, I assume. <laughs> Mile High is going to clean his FX6, his favorite filter. Ask him why he loves it, and he'll t- he'll count the ways. Um, Jay, friends, do you happen to know any of the smaller species of angelfish? What size they get when fully grown? So I I think that. Um, is it Scalari the smallest? Is uh is it Lepterinus? Is that is that one smaller? Is that how you pronounce that? Lepterinus, I think. I'd have to look it up. But so Jay, as far as I've experienced, the smallest angelfish I've ever seen are just the normal Scalari. Um, it kind of depends on their bloodline and it depends on how they're fed and the waters change. But um, front to back, a female. Some females top out at about, oh, I don't know. What are you guys looking at right now? I don't know, about three inches or so. Uh, nose to the beginning of the caudal fin, I would say. But I have a feeling you're asking about wild type angels, like, uh, I don't know, uh, Altums or Lepter, is it Lepterinus? Lepterinus. Um, wild type is driving me nuts angelfish what is the what is that one um terophyllums terophyllum oh there it is lapoldi yeah um that one i've never kept so i i don't really know how big that one gets uh the altums get huge and dumerals if they're actually a thing get pretty darn big but um yeah. Hopefully that helped. Probably not. I didn't feel very helpful on that one, Jay. I'm sorry. But uh, I'd say a female scolare, which is your common angelfish in the store. It's the smallest one I know of. Um, yeah, Charles Fish Tanks. Where's he? Because he has the Lepoldi right now is what I meant to say when I was saying Lepteranus. Um Why was I saying that? I don't know. That's a different fish altogether. But anyway, um, let's see if anyone else has ideas. Peas, if they'll eat them, frozen peas deshelled. Yeah, that helps clear bloat. Um, is it me or did Dan freeze? No, I'm joking. I wasn't actually frozen. Um, Epsom salt in the water. Yeah, what dosage? What dosage of Epsom salt do you add to the water to clear out uh, bloat or uh, a egg-bound female? All right. Let's see if doesn't feel like we've got the dosage yet for um, Madfish Diva. So let's try to do that if anyone knows the dosage. Okay. Looking here for stuff I might have missed. Oh, Keith. Keith Bordley. Sorry, your uh, question did not highlight before. I'm not sure why. Um, If it didn't self-populate... 
um, then it isn't going to highlight. Or if you're Mile High Plecos, his never highlight either. And it might be something like you're on a mobile device and it just doesn't work. I don't know. But anyway, here's Keith's question. Do Corydoras eggs hatch in hard water? Um, I've never had any problem hatching them in hard water, but I haven't been spawning super rare Corys or anything like that. Uh, pandas, Sturbi, Aeneas, Paleotis, you know, simple stuff like that. Julies or Trilineatus, really. Things like that or what I've seen done in hard water. Um, I know there, there are some quarry breeders who definitely do use RO to soften their water <clears throat> specifically for quarries. I don't know if it's absolutely necessary, but it also depends on this. And this is general for fish in the hobby. Now there are soft water, super acidic water, wild fish that will breed out of the wild in hard water without any problem. I bred a lot of them that way. But as each generation goes um, in the hobby, the longer they're kept, you know, decades in the hobby and they're bred here in aquariums and on fish farms and things, the more tolerance they get for the hard water. So the Corydora species that have been here the longest are gonna be the easiest to spawn in hard water. Aeneas, super easy. Paleotis, super easy. Um, Trilineatus, no problem. You know, there's, there's lots of them that can. If it's a new species fresh out of the wild, then it might be able to spawn in hard water, but it's going to be a lot easier to start them in softer water um, until they've been here a while and they've kind of, through breeding in the hard water for several generations, just got used to that. It's like angelfish. Wild angelfish, when they were first caught and imported, were super hard to breed. Now you can breed angelfish in hard water all day long because they've been bred that way for, I don't know, a hundred years more. So many, many generations. Yeah. Um, okay. I saw another at Dan's fish. This was Jay friends. Thanks for the help. You're welcome. And I'm sorry it wasn't more help. Um, but again, I don't know the Leopoldi, which I wanted to call Lepteranus. Um, I, I don't know how big those get. Priscilla, it has become, I'll get you Tampa Tom. I'll get you it's because Mile High Plecos doesn't know how to spell it dance fish. <laughs> hey, some of us are just simple creatures. <laughs> I'm with you, Mile High. I'm bad at the spelling. <laughs> Tampa Tom, thank you for the super chat. Really, really appreciate it. Um, which would you rather be breed? Chlor <laughs> Unfortunately, I'm not going to be able to read your super chat because I'm experiencing mouth difficulties. <laughs> which would you rather breed, Cory's or Plecos? For me, it's Cory's. Um, well, there goes Mile High Plecos. He's off the stream now. <laughs> For me, it's it's uh, Corys. And the reason is, is they're just a fish that I like because they're out and about all the time. I can keep them at my normal fish room temperature, no problems and things like that. Um, for those that know me well, you know, I'm not a Pleco guy. I have nothing against them. Sorry, Mile High. Nothing against them whatsoever. I think they're awesome. But I like how Corys are out and about and schooling all the time and just the behavior they're just, they're just amazing. Um, so for me, it's Corey's. That being said, my interests in this hobby ebb and flow. You know, there was a time I wasn't, I didn't care that much about Corey's. Now I love them. Um, you know, at any point, something could flip in my brain that I can't control and I'll be like, Plecos are the coolest thing ever. And suddenly I'll be keeping my fish room at 86 degrees and have nothing, nothing but Plecos in here. You know, I don't know. Um, but Corey's for me just because 
they go well in the current setup that I have right now. Yeah, how's that? How's that? <laughs> Mile high is out. <laughs> Jay, friends, I've heard of people stuffing organic peat into pantyhose. Yep, I've done that. And placing it into the aquarium to lower the pH and trigger spawning. Yeah, I've done that. Um, oak leaves work. Indian almond leaves work. There's all kinds of natural ways to do it. Now, I will say this about the peat moss in the pantyhose. I wouldn't recommend it. And the reason is, is because that peat moss in that pantyhose, if it's packed in there at all, it gets anaerobic. Um, you know, the pantyhose gets, the way I did it is I took a pantyhose and I just stuffed it with peat moss. So it ended up being, you know, I don't know, three inches around and maybe six inches long. Um, <laughs> the jokes are going to start flying. But um, that was enough that water circulation didn't get to the center of the mass of peat moss very much. And it started stinking. I mean, it was obviously anaerobic. So I guess, I guess I'm not saying I wouldn't recommend it. I guess I'm saying, however you do it, make sure you don't get in, in an anaerobic situation. I think the best way to do it, honestly, would be to get a like five gallon water cooler jug put the cap on and like seal it with some epoxy or something, tip that sucker over, put an airline in it. So it was bubbling like a big brine shrimp hatcher, put a bunch of peat moss in that and just have the air like whipping through there, circulating it. And then every now and then you could pour that off and uh, you could have the nice black water without all the mess of the peat moss in your aquarium. So I don't know, one day I'll do that, but just be aware that any organics that are, in any quantity, like packed together, you'll, you'll get anaerobic action going on there and it stinks and it's not good for your fish. So I'm sure it works, Jay, friends, just uh, the way I did it when the pantyhose was, uh, was not smart. <laughs> All right. Priscilla says plecos are important to the food chain. <laughs> what is this jump all over mile high day or something? Cheers, mile high. I hope you're having fun. <laughs> Tampa Tom, that's cool. I've grown to like plecos. Wasn't true love at first sight. Yeah, I, mean, I like them. I'm honestly just not really set up for them. And before I get a fish, I just, I want to be set up right. And the other thing is when I get into a group of fish, I tend to like really get into it. And so um, I would have to change the temperature in here. I'd have to get, I think, more flow in my tanks because I would want to give them you know, the riverine type flow and all that. And yeah, it's just, it'd be a, it's not practical right now to try to do that. But one day I'll get into it. One day, me and Mile High will be BFFs. But right now, yeah, I'm just not that into them. Thomas Perkins, I'm having an annoying problem with my geophagus uprooting every plant. Yeah, I give them. I want to plant in the 125 when I set it up. What are some fast rooting plants they want to uproot? Uh, Thomas, I don't, I think that with that species, you're just going to have that problem. I mean, their their natural feeding behavior is to sift through the substrate and stir it up. Now, something you might try is, and I've had luck with this, is like get a pot and just plant the plant in a pot of like pea-sized gravel. That's worked for me before with species like that. And 
for me, the fastest rooting plant that, that I've found that has really strong root structure is just any of the, uh, the sword plants do really well. Um, Sag does a pretty good job. Um, those are my thoughts, but as you all know, I'm not an expert in plants. So if anyone here can think of a better plant for Thomas to try, um, please do chime in and we can help him out. But Thomas, those geophagus, I mean, they're just naturally going to stir that stuff up so much that it's going to be hard, I think, to keep plants in it, especially if it's like a sandy substrate or anything or isn't super deep. That's that's my two cent, you know, knee jerk reaction to thinking of that situation. Um, someone else probably has the perfect solution, though, and hopefully they post it. All right. Mile high, Dan, why do you have so much pantyhose? Well, my friend, I am in the theater. Need I say more? <laughs> I play characters of every gender, every type, every everything, man. You never know what you're going to wear in the theater or not wear. Um, those days are long gone. I don't have the figure for it anymore. Select pet, Pete Moss in the pantyhose makes the wife mad too, especially if it makes it back in her drawer. <laughs> Oh yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. If you take the old pantyhose out to using your aquariums, just make sure there's no way it gets in the laundry and gets back in the drawer. That would be a problem. <laughs> uh, <laughs> let's see. Hey, Matthew, glad you made it. Hey, Turbo Fish, glad you made it. Um, all right. So, if you keep plecos, you'll be an expert with plants, says Mile High. Thomas Perkins, rainbows are a deep, dark hole from which there is no return. Oh, yeah, they're beautiful. Speaking of which, do you still have turquoise? I'm setting up an aquarium for someone. Nope, I don't have turquoise at the moment. The only thing I have at the moment are the um, Parkinsonis, which you'll see swimming around behind me. Um, I put them in there because I couldn't get a good picture of them in their aquarium. Um, there's too much plant growth in it. So it's not bright enough. Every time I try to get a picture because they move so fast, I couldn't get the, sh the uh, shutter speed quick enough to get a good picture and get enough light. So I eventually put them in here so I could get some pictures and video of them. And then I'll put them back in the other tank. But they've been in here for a couple weeks. So I've got the Parkinsonis. And then I have some awesome Trifosciata rainbows. I mean, they are gorgeous and big and full grown. And then I have a juvenile Wapoga red lasers, which are just about old enough to start breeding. They're a little over an inch now, I would say. But that's all I've got. No more turquoise. Um, does anyone here have turquoise if Thomas needs some? I mean, they look stunning in a planted aquarium. And yes, they are a deep, dark hole from whence you'll never return because they are so awesome. Redneck Aquatics, Tim, your, Tom, your best bet will be plastic plants from Michael's Craft Store, the silk ones. Yeah. A dwarf lily roots could take over the gravel. Oh, there you go. That that might work. 54 Punchy has a good idea, uh, Thomas, to get plants that would root onto rock and wood, like Anubias and Java ferns. So rhizome plants, right? That might be um, the best, the surest option. Upon a Geaton crisps and shallow glass containers, 
you do look kind of like riffraff. Yeah, I'm like a riffraff that is has middle age weight on him. I used to be an actual riffraff, but yeah. <laughs> um, does anyone else have any questions or comments or solutions for Thomas or for uh, Mad Fish Diva? Anyway, Thomas, those are some good suggestions. All right. The vow is one they won't destroy. Okay, cool. But they might uproot, right? I guess, Thomas, it depends how fine is your substrate and how deep is it. If it's pea gravel and it's four inches deep, um, that might be a solution. I don't know. That's a tough one, though. Those geos, I mean, they dig. It's how they survive, right? Yeah. All right. Turbofish, I've got Bozmani now with Goodia Dodroy. They're both yellow and blue. Look crazy when they're fired up. Yeah, that's awesome. I can't wait for my uh, Dodroy to drop babies. I've got two females and um, yeah, I can't wait for those babies. They're a gorgeous, gorgeous fish. When they get those mature colors, they're, they're absolutely fantastic. All right. Well, um, let's see if we missed anything. Nope, we haven't. Okay, so if you have a question or comment for me, make it at Dan's Fish. It will highlight. I'll see it. I'll get to you. As far as I know, I've hit all the at Dan's Fish questions or comments that you wanted me to see and get to. If I skipped you, it's because I didn't see it. Please repost it and I will get to it. Um, Redneck Aquatics, would the Chinese algae eater be okay with my angels? I've heard some mixed reviews. What is your opinion? So my opinion is that that fish is the devil. Um, now I'm sure there's people here that keep them successfully in community tanks and, and, and that's their experience and that's fine. In my experience, that fish starts off fine, but once it gets to a certain size, it becomes the devil. So. I wouldn't mess with Chinese algae eaters. Um, also, they don't do a great job of cleaning algae, especially once they get bigger. Now, I would go with true Siamese algae eaters any day. Um, Thomas was nice enough to send me three of his. They cleared this 125 gallon out of algae and have kept it clean ever since. They're doing a great job. Uh, the plants used to be just choked with algae. Now check them out. Let's see if we can show this to you. By the way, thank you, 54 Punchy, for all these plants. So check this out. Those plants are looking good, right? The, the black glass has a little bit of algae on it, but nothing like the big, massive, gross algae bunches that were on it before I got those. So in my opinion, if you're looking for Chinese algae eaters um, because you want algae control, which you didn't say, but I guess I'm just assuming, uh, Siamese algae eaters, Man, uh, they're, they've been amazing, amazing. And they don't bother the other fish. So they've been great. Anyway, hope that uh, answers your question. Um, and, and mine are with angels and they aren't sucking on the angels or anything like those Chinese algae eaters will do. Uh, maybe not all the time, maybe not every one, but in my experience, they're horrible. <laughs> Sorry if anyone out there loves the Chinese algae eater. I just don't think they're good unless they're in a tank by themselves, maybe. All right. <laughs> Let's see what other people said about them, though. I'm just curious. Um, <laughs> let's see. 54 Punchy says, 
Chinese algae eaters are awful, awful. That's been my experience. Mama said, Mama said that fish is the devil, says Matthew more cichlids. <laughs> devil fish. <laughs> um, 54 Punchy says, my Farawella catfish eat every speck of algae. Cool. Hey, how are the babies doing? Were you, uh, were you able to, uh, I know you've gradually had more and more success. I'm wondering if the latest batch uh, made it up for you, how they're doing. Let's see here. Okay. Looks like, looks like everyone else um, is also not in favor of the Chinese algae eater. Sorry. Um, yeah. I hate to say that I hate a fish because I don't truly hate any fish, but that fish in a community aquarium, I hate. Bob Kaler, thank you for the super chat, Bob. Appreciate that very, very much. 25 smackaroos. That's not joking around. Thanks, man. Dance Fish, I've always said I like African cichlids, but would never keep them. Thanks to my local fish owner, I got four yellow rock curbinsis. Okay, cool. Haplochromis, what, savagei? Savagier. I don't know that fish. Um, today, this cannot end up like my indifference to rainbows has. <laughs> so, so for those, <laughs> I'm gonna look up what this haplochromis is, and uh, I know that the um, the the oh maybe hang on. No, I don't know that. Okay, let's look at this sucker. Oh, that's beautiful. Oh, cool. So this is this looks like a Lake Victorian. Am I right, Bob? So here's here's what Bob got. Or this is at least what Google responds when I search images of what Bob got. So, yep. I a Victorian hap. Man, those Victorian haps are gorgeous. They're mean little suckers, so be careful. Uh, like seriously mean. But but they're absolutely gorgeous. And for those, for those that don't know, there was a long time when Bob was like, nah, rainbow fish, whatevs, like not interested. Nah, nah. And then one day Bob got angel fit or rainbow fish. What was this Bob four months ago, maybe. And now Bob has tons of rainbow fish. So when he says this can't end up like my <laughs> indifference to rainbow fish has in four months, Bob's going to have 12 tanks of different Victorian cichlids, which would be awesome because most of those are endangered uh, because their habitat has absolutely been turned into a sewer. Um, so, you know, that's, that's, if you're going to get cichlids for conservation, it's one to think about. If you don't mind aggression, they're aggressive. So I guess Bob might, you didn't ask for advice. But I've kept a lot of those. I used to work at a facility that had tons and tons and tons of those. And even in large tanks, you get aggression issues. So if you can have more than, if you can have several tanks just to be ready in case you have some aggression issues. Um, the only way I found to really work with it uh, was to, to separate them. Now, I'm sure you can get enough line of sight blocks and all that. But, but um, yeah, if... I don't know if you have a spare tank, just in case it might be, you might need it at some point. That's all. I, that's what I'm trying to say. Um, but yeah, I love those haps. The Lake Victorian fish are gorgeous. They're like nothing else in the world for sure. They're super endangered. So good on you. Um, turbo fish. I put mine. I assume we're talking about, um, China, 
Chinese algae eaters. With African cichlids and fahaka puffers, they're fine. Okay, cool. So yeah, um, I think Turbofish is talking about the Chinese algae eater there. Pam, did your Farawella adults keep booting out the eggs? Good question. Matthew Moore, are they highly aggressive? If we're talking about uh, Victorian cichlids, yes. All right. Bob Kaler, dance fish. They're in my bristlenose pleco grow out tank as the only tank I had open with one reserved for L. R. Brett's goldy-eyed decays, which I hope you get soon, man. I keep checking your channel. I'm like, is it out yet? Is it out yet? Is the video out yet? <laughs> so I hope you get those goldy-eyed decays soon. And yeah. Yeah, well, good on you. Those Victorians are, are beautiful. Just might need a spare tank at some point in your future, or tub or something, just in case. Um, Thomas Perkins, those are my favorite Tanganyikans. Oh, the Neolamper Logos Simulus. Yeah, they're beautiful. Yep. Turbofish says, and just a reminder, if it's a comment or question for me to put it at Dan's Fish so I can see it easily. Not saying you didn't do that, Turbofish. I'm not sure if this was for me, but uh, I'm going to read it anyways. I'm trying to breed my... <laughs> I used to know how to say this. I know it's Nyeririi, but Pundamilla... Nyrerii Python Island to increase their popularity too. Once people see them, I feel like they'll like them. Yeah, absolutely. Like the Christmas Fulus, the, um, well, any of them, any of them. Emerald Greens, all those Victorian haps are just beautiful. Stunning combinations. Madfish Steven, not yet. Lucas said on a live stream a couple days ago that getting boxes has been an issue. Fishy Mailman advised him on it. Okay, well, I hope they come soon. <laughs> Matthew, I like them better than the Maltese and Sardine cichlids. They are cool too. Cool. Bob, I dare you to go get a bunch of plecos. <laughs> Mile high, all you're going to have to do is like stealthily ship Bob a few plecos, right? And in four months, he'll have 12 tanks of plecos. It's just how it works. It's like the drug is in the arm, like, and it's never, it's never coming out. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Ruby greens. Yep. John Becker says had 10 Ruby greens until they killed each other. And, and yeah, so that's, that's the issue with Lake Victorian haps. Right. And I think that's one reason, um, they aren't maybe more widespread, but they are worth it. Um, they're worth the space. If I were to keep them, um, how I would do it, I think after what I, I've experienced with them is I wouldn't do large tanks. I do lots of 10 gallon tanks, like end endwise poking out on the rack and I just keep them all separate on that. Maybe a large tank can keep the females together, but males I would just keep in their own tank. And when I wanted to breed them, I'd probably have a harem of females in a large tank, the males separate. I'd put the male in there. When they bred, I would take them out. That's how I would do it. And some of the females can be aggressive sometimes too. So depending on that level, I might not keep them in a large tank. But I think that for me, that's how, that's how I would do it if I ever kept them. Yeah. Stop screaming at me. Keep up the getgills.com. <laughs> Turbofish. <laughs> Thanks for the super chat, Turbofish. And yeah, we will keep up the getgills.com. So here's where we're at. Um, so a couple weeks ago, we announced that we had that site. And what we had at that point was what we call our MVP, our minimal viable product. So it worked. 
but it wasn't pretty. But we launched that because we wanted to make sure that we had built something people liked before we put a bunch more effort into it. I mean, we put almost three years of effort into it already, right? Nights, weekends, all that. Um, so we launched the MVP because based on the reaction, we would know if it was worth putting another bunch of effort and time and resources into it to make it smooth and pretty and, and just a delight to use, right? Um, and the response we've got has made us know that, yes, this is something we need, that people want. And so we're putting lots more time and resources into it to make it as smooth and beautiful as we can. So that's where we're at. We launched the MVP, even though it isn't as beautiful and smooth as we hoped, I still think it's better than, than the other options as far as um, ease of use for a seller and the ability to card up stuff and check out easily as a buyer. But uh, we are constantly making it better. So every day my partner and I are working a little more to make it a little smoother, a little better. Um, and, and we'll keep you up to date as that goes. But thanks for following us, TurboFish, as we go through that process. Thanks to everyone who's been part of it. Anyone that's used the site, signed up for the site, given feedback, asked questions, you know, anything you've done that has made us learn about what you're experiencing when you use it so we can make it better. We appreciate that. So TurboFish, thanks for the uh, super chat. And I will never stop screaming at you. Too much fun. Can't stop. Mile High Plecos, I'm already on the, in the works on stealthily sending you Plecos, Dan. <laughs> cool. Just uh, um, if yeah, I can't keep hot water fish in this fish room. So if anyone ever sends me anything, um, it's nice to know in advance so that I can make sure I have a place for them. But uh, yeah, hot water Plecos I won't do well with because I keep my fish room in the mid-70s. In Mile High, I do want to, man, that water bottle's empty. That glass is empty. Oh, well, I, uh, I am going to get down there someday soon uh, to Denver and hopefully uh, can, can see your, your fish room. That would be awesome. Candy Overhauls, uh, thanks for posting the link to get gills again. For those that don't know what we're talking about, check that out. <laughs> Thomas says, it'll take a few soul trains if you're giving out samples. <laughs> yeah, just no, no biggie. Just a cheap little soul train plucko. <laughs> Matthew's got to go. Okay, see ya. Thanks for coming by. Um, but Thomas is looking for six soul train plecos, it sounds like. If anyone has six laying around to spare. Bob Kaler at Mile High Plecos. Um, check my channel. Short vids of one of my green phantoms this week. Have rhino plecos, super reds, long fin super reds, long fin blue-eyed lemons, celestials, Red tails, rubber lip, and several more. Awesome. Madfish Diva, the site looks great. Very clean. Thanks. Thanks. But it's going to be even better. Like we have uh, stuff that is pretty exciting. is going to make it even smoother, even better. Um, yeah. I mean, the thing we're digging into right now is making shipping uh, just a ton easier to use. Um, yeah. So, and that's a big project. That's going to take a while. That's a very complex set of logic we have to write. Or we, I don't write the code. My brother Jonathan does. So he gets the credit, but yeah. 
But thank you. I'm, I'm glad you like this site. So we've reached the end of the chats here. Uh, been riffing for a little while. So I think we'll wrap up this. The um, the what is this? It's a live stream. We'll we'll wrap up the live stream fairly soon here. So if you have any questions or comments uh, that you want to get out and make sure they're seen and responded to tonight, please do so now, because uh, shortly here we're going to shut it down uh, unless we get some you know of that to to help you out with. Um, Madfish Diva, before we go, did you ever get a dosage for the Epsom salt? And if not, do you know where to look? Um, are you okay with that? Want to help you out with that egg bound female uh, white cloud? Um, let me know if you feel like you got enough help that you, you have some steps to take. Um, oh, going to bed says Madfish. So never mind. <laughs> That's, that might not be happening. <laughs> Thomas Perkins hit 10 subscribers. Well, every milestone's a milestone. Congrats, Thomas. That's awesome. Um, oh, the news on the fish shipment. So 54 Punchy, what is the news on your fish shipment? It's the same as last week. The um, exporter uh, is shooting for mid-October. So basically, if I haven't heard from him by the 15th, I'll be bugging him to find out what's going on. And at that point, I think I'll give him a deadline. Um, and if he doesn't meet it, I'm just going to have to do something else because I've had like pretty much almost all the fish room is devoid of fish. Like there's a few fish in each tank just to keep the cycle going and stuff. But I, for a couple of months now, I've been super low on fish and it's driving me nuts. So that's that's the news on that 54. Um, hopefully, hopefully mid-November. Or I'm sorry, hopefully mid-October. So hopefully pretty soon. Priscilla said one teaspoon per 10 gallons of Epsom salt. Okay, great. Okay, thanks, Madfish Diva. Um, hope it works. Let us know next week. And uh, nighty night. Um, yeah, thank, thanks again, 54 Punchy, for helping out with that. Priscilla, so you're coming to Denver. V better visit me on the way. Yeah, Priscilla, I, you're on the radar. So I don't know exactly when yet, um, but I think it'll. I think I'll probably try to get down there for the November fish meeting. I think, or for the uh, fish order from Africa, just depending on, you know, when stuff happens with that. So, yep. Keith Boardley, well. I, I got it. It didn't highlight, but I see it here, Keith. How are blue acaras with plants? Fine. No problems. Um, not that I've seen anyway. Does anyone else here have any problems with blue acaras with their plants? I never have. Uh, I've always, that's always been fine. Real gentle fish. Disposition kind of like a ram and is how I would describe it. So uh, Keith, I think the blue acaras would do fine with plants. Now, that's my experience, <laughs> just as a caveat, because if you get them and eat all your plants, I'll feel bad. But how about other folks? Um, Bob Kaler says, Keith, my electric blues, regular blues, and yellow acaras never touch my plants. Yeah, that's been, that's kind of been uh, what I've seen as well. All right. Hey, everyone. Thanks again for being here. I'm going to shut it down. But before I do, I want to say thank you to Candy Overholes for being an amazing moderator. Um, Candy, hopefully we hear from Lumpy Dog soon. I'm, I'm truly worried. 
I, I hope he's okay. And uh, for everyone that gave a super chat, never required, but always appreciated. Thanks so much. Very, very much appreciated. Anyone that commented and helped someone out that had a question or helped make the stream lively, thanks so much. And to all your lurkers, I got you. I lurk too in a lot of streams. A lot of times I'm there and no one ever knows. But um, anyway, thanks again. We'll be here again next week, next Wednesday at 7 p.m. Mountain Time. Until then, I hope you have a wonderful week. And uh, good night, everyone. We will see you next Wednesday.